0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Radio show for this 25th of March 2016. I'm JB. Uh, Ryan and EJ have the weekend off. We'll be joined momentarily by our good friend Michael Barron, who will be spending the duration of the show with me. But first, to we'll take a quick look at some of the headlines from Metsland today, anyway, uh, Mets played to a 5 5 tie with the St. Louis Cardinals, and Noah Syndergaard with the start, looking as he has looked all spring, like he is in mid season form. Uh, certainly hitting the upper edges of the speed gun um, with 99, 97, 98 miles an hour, and just some nasty, nasty side pitches as well. And uh, the Mets played to a 5-5 tie, but a good uh, good game for um, Matt Reynolds, who of course trying to make the team as the backup shortstop with uh, Ruben Tejada, who, of course, played for the St. Louis Cardinals today. Odd seeing him in a Cardinals uniform, but we saw him today against uh, against the Mets and uh, also saw Wilma Flores as the first baseman in this game as he went two for four playing in the hot corner. Uh, continuing on with the how we looked this week, um, a lot of things going on. Mets uh, cut back some more uh, players to set minor league camp, including... The late arriving Roger Bernadina also cut uh, relief pitcher uh, Buddy Carlisle right off the roster. And if you had seen uh, Buddy Carlisle the past uh, couple outings, it it can't come as really much of a surprise, unfortunately. But uh, I want to bring in our good friend and uh, always a pleasure to have Michael Barron with us. Michael, uh, Buddy Carlisle just outright being cut. Surprised or not surprised at this point in camp?
2: Well, I'm not surprised. I think I don't. I don't think he really had a realistic shot of making the team. I mean, he didn't. He hasn't really pitched in a year. He's coming off of what hip labrum surgery or whatever. He had major surgery on his on his hip and back on, uh, last what May or June. So, um, you know, their bullpen is pretty set short of you know a spot or two, and he was probably a dark horse. Dark horse you know, behind guys like Logan Verrett and Jim Henderson, you know, unless you know they didn't pan out or got hurt. You know he probably didn't have much of a shot, so um, I'm a little surprised he got released. But I, w- I guess that was they probably gave him a choice, and that was the choice he made. So um, you know I, he it it's it's a strange camp because you know a lot of the, these fringe major leaguers you know don't have a shot for a change. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, I guess some people are a little disappointed because he actually played a pretty key role in, to, in late 2014 and. So to a degree before he got hurt last year, but you know look, you know that 's the product of a good team
1: yeah i mean i think I think the the thing for me is obviously Buddy Carlisle, one of the good guys in baseball, uh, one of the most fan friendly players i 've ever seen, but at the end of the day, what i 've seen from him this spring is someone and i i mean i I always hate saying this because it 's such a harsh assessment, but he 's someone who simply seemed like he had nothing left in the tank.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, again, you know, he's coming off that major surgery. He's not young. Um, And I hope he can, you know, find a landing spot somewhere and, you know, give it one last crack or two. But, you know, yeah, I agree. Um, He just didn't seem to have much on the mound this spring. And he got lit up pretty hard, too. So, um, you know, it's, it's not surprising, not not surprising.
1: I mean, I think I've, I'm, in general, um, of, of the belief that, especially in a situation like the, the Mets are in this year with uh, much of their roster being set coming into camp, uh, with the exception of, you know, a bench roll here or there and potentially a bullpen spot here or there, that, uh, you know, I'm very much, apart from injuries, uh, spring, really, there's not a lot you can do in spring that's going to overly concern me. Uh, certainly Buddy Carlisle was one of those few spots uh, but overall, I think that, uh, you know, this team coming in, I, I'm not t- there's not too many spots I'm worried about. And there haven't been any catastrophic injuries this camp knock on wood. Uh, despite the record, despite the uh, streak of not winning this that the Mets have been on, it, it feels like this team has been not, you know, accomplishing what it needs to in the spring.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's. For a change, it's really been a boring camp, hasn't it? I mean, nothing day to day. There's really nothing happening. Nobody's getting hurt. You know, no one's making waves. No one's becoming a dramatic story. And I guess that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, they. I don't want to say they're going through the motions necessarily, but you know, really since uh, spring, just since uh, camp opened in mid February, there hasn't been a lot to talk about. Which is, you know, why you know the. Yoannis the day to day stuff with Johannes Espa's always seems to be the story because there's nothing else to talk about. So um, you know, obviously his play yesterday was a a little annoying, but you know, that's it's spring training, so <laughs> you can't let it can't let it bother you too much. But you know, I'll tell you, I mean, it made me think about um made me think about that play in the World Series. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but um yeah, And look I sure it's not gonna, it's not gonna be the last time, it, it's, not the last time it, it's not gonna be the last time it happens. It's just something you know what, by signing him and having him out in center field which is not a strong suit uh, you know among other reasons as you know why these things are going to happen with him it's 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 you got to let you be omnis i guess and just hope it doesn't happen in the world series again
1: <laughs> you know i think the the funny thing for me that the two funny things about that whole that whole little incident with Metsbit yesterday um you know not only did it seem like the national media harped on it way heavier than anything the new york media could ever think to do which is fairly atypical of a ball player mistake on either of the New York teams. Um, It was one of those things where they had to highlight, of all things, the one play where CB Buckner was blatantly correct.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He's, you know, he makes uh, he he's given himself a reputation in the industry for sure as not being a good umpire. I mean, so, you know, the fans are certain, are not alone. Um, But he looked like, uh, he looked pretty good yesterday making that call. I think he would have he he would have lived up to his reputation if he had called the ground rule double and given Cespedes the benefit of the doubt, but he did get it right. <laughs> you
1: know, and it's funny one of the things I, I that just a, don't know I, I times,
2: just don't know what Cespedes was thinking myself. I I just I didn't I, couldn't figure that out. I mean, let let, let the it, umpire tell you it's out of play. Just
1: <laughs> play it, play it. Just yeah. I mean, for me, it just yeah. seemed like the ultimate of brain farts. Although I will tell you this, uh, you know, a couple I a couple plays this spring. Of course, there's no instant replay in spring training. I have to say, I must get be getting acclimated because there are a couple times I've wished we had it this spring, even though these games don't count. Well, I think and it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's I agree. used to the technology.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's practice for everybody, and that goes for the umpires. I goes for the umpires in the replay room in New York, and I can tell you firsthand that, you know, there are people in there even now. There are umpires in there even now. So there's no harm in, you know, Saying you know it doesn't have to be every day, every game, but you can say okay, well this game umpire review is available and go and you know make some calls and let's see if they get it right. And yeah, I totally agree. But what can I tell you? We don't make the rules; it's above our pay grade.
1: Absolutely. Hey, uh, we've got a great list of topics I want to cover over the next hour or so with you, Michael. Uh, but want to, of course, invite sure. people, if they're if they're listening live, to give a call in. 347-884-8742. 347-884-8742 is the call-in number. And let's go ahead and head out to the 561 area code. Good evening. What's your My question phone. for
0: Michael today? Uh, Mom, is that me? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. My name is Peter Villano. I've been following Michael for a while. I appreciate it. And his views are... Quite uh, spectac- spectacular. He knows what's up.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. How's West Palm Beach treating you tonight?
0: Not too bad. It's all right. It was a bit rainy today. Luckily, the game didn't get rained out. <laughs> it
2: wasn't bad in New York today. It was about 70 degrees today, so I'm not complaining about that either.
0: Yeah. So what's your question, sir? What's so your question? What do you got? Well, I, I wanted to know. I, this is my own personal. To everybody that's listening out there, I wanted to make an endorsement for Michael and uh, let everybody know that he's a free agent and needs a job because he needs to be. He needs to have a job. I feel as though Michael oh. has been without somewhat of a job for a while, and he needs to get it somewhere. Somebody's got to pick him up.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, um, I don't yeah. even know what to say. I'm, I'm, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you.
0: All right, yeah, definitely so, appreciate. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, go for it. Go, go with your question. Oh. All
0: right. Well, my question is going to be. <clears throat> um, I really um. I really didn't have a question. I just I just wanted to make that endorsement. I, I thought you guys were going to have questions <laughs> all <right>. for me. <laughs>
1: no, we don't. We appreciate it, though, man. Appreciate you listening, right. and uh, I certainly appreciate him being a fan, Michael. I mean, you know, I think all yeah, of us thanks. are are waiting for for you to get your Cespedes contract.
2: Well, my wife's been saying that to me for about 15, uh, 10 years
1: now. So, um, I, well, but it, yeah, you know, I, mean, it's,
2: it's, I can tell I, you right I'm now. i hoping it, something it, happens.
1: I don't know about EJ. I can't speak for him, but I can tell you right now, every, you know, for this six years or so, we've been doing this podcast. uh Usually, um, the first thing my wife asks me when I'm done, so when are you going gonna to get paid for that? <laughs> 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 so yeah, I get no what you uh, you know, yeah. you, man. You know, without going too deep into that whole thing, you you deserve all good things, my friend, and I'm just glad that you're still able to hang with us and we're still able to talk Mets baseball because that's just how I want it to be. Well, you,
2: you know, it's funny because I talk I talked to Matt for the first time since he got back to spring training. He said yesterday. He said, "So what? Are you, what have you been up to lately?" And I said, well, I've been working my abs. I got you know some pretty nice quads going on right now. My." My offer is feeling better than it has in six or seven years. You know, I've been working out a lot. And I said, but I get the feeling you're asking a different question. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to, uh, <laughs> I've had way too much free time not being able, not being able to write. Um, and I hope something, yeah, you know, I hope something happens. I, nothing's really, uh, nothing's really uh, cooking at the moment. And, you know, it's it's been good and bad because um, I've been able to sit and think and reflect and, you kind of I don't want to say get some sleep so to speak but you know certainly rest up and you know try and reassess and um, you know it, it doesn't mean I don't want to write but you know it's it's been kind of a nice vacation for the last couple of months I, I I'm not going to deny it
1: so i mean here we are i mean you know i was talk we talked to rich catino last week and talked a couple times this has been the shortest off-season in Mets history because, of course, the World Series ended yeah. in November. So later than ever before, uh, spring training, of course, starts the middle of February. Yet, I I don't know about you, but it felt like the longest one to me after last season. No.
2: I don't know. You see, I, I feel the exact opposite about it, and I don't know why. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, part of me says, yeah, I mean, I just can't wait for them to get back and, you know, try this again. But um, it, to me, it felt really short. Um, I don't know why I, I, I can't really explain it. I mean, it, it, yeah, I agree. Yes. It was definitely the shortest off season that they've ever had. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't, it didn't seem, it didn't seem long to me at all. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, cause you know, I'm getting older and I don't want the uh, time to creep up on me so quick, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I think you're, I think that shorted, that short spring, that, that short off season, you know, you're kind of seeing it with the way they're operating in spring training. And maybe to an extent you're seeing it with, you know, some of the results with the pitchers, um, you know, in terms of, you know, the velocity. Um, not so much that they're still tired from last spring, no, last season, but, you know, almost in a way, you know, you take DeGrom and Harvey as very good examples recently, you know, um, you know, the late start might mean that they're a little bit behind um, because of that short offseason. So, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when the bell rings, if, you know, they, you know, they get that, that edge back. Um, I know it's spring training and it's very, very dull right now. It's, I mean, beyond boring, but um, you know, when the bell rings, you know, we'll see, you know, what kind of strength they have. I mean, it's, it is certainly a storyline. I, I don't think, I don't think there's any question about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think for me, I, I mean, you know, my, my big story going into, I mean, yeah, I'm ready to be done with spring training games at this point. But at the same time, this cock made me schedule the Mets have next week uh, to start the season is just – I mean, first of all, uh, you know, if you want to get there, – there are two great rants we can get out of EJ on a fairly regular basis. One is his anti-Thursday night <laughs> football rant. And the second one, and it's a close second, is his anti-Sunday night baseball one. I happen to agree with both of them. But to start yes. off, not only on Sunday night baseball, which I despise, against the Royals who, you know, in their minds and, uh, the minds of everybody that'll be in that stadium humiliated us last off season, uh, yeah, in the world series, uh, then to have, you know, three days off basically in the first five games of the season, the, the Mets could go 500 and be three games out before they play a home game. <laughs> I know it's, 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 I don't know why
2: major league baseball would do that to either team. Um, and, I mean, the schedule was you – know, they made the schedule before, long before, you know, they, they met each other in the World Series. So it's just a matter of some of coincidence to an extent anyway that this work, it worked out this way. But, I mean, I don't know why they would screw these two teams up like this. Um, you know, I don't think anyone – anyone I've talked to, nobody gets it. And um, I don't think anyone with the team gets it. I don't think – you know – any, anyone around the game understands why they would schedule. I mean, nobody else in the league has schedules like this. Um, and, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact how they, how they use their pitching. It's going to impact how they build their roster on opening day. You know, it can, to an extent, impact, you know, player options. Um, you think of Matt Reynolds as a good example. Um, you know, they might carry fewer pitchers over the first week because they don't need as many pitchers, you know, conceivably anyway, which gives a guy like Matt Reynolds a good shot of making the team or Eric Campbell when they otherwise may not have made the team. So now, you you know, they're, I mean, I guess they're on the 40, so they would have been optioned anyway. But, you know, even so, you know, it it, it just, it, it affects everything. It affects the majors and the minors. It affects options. It, it, it's very, very peculiar.
1: Well, that was one of the things I was going to say is that with the, with the, uh... The way this week is opening up, you, you have a situation where the Mets conceivably could have a significantly different opening day roster from what they have at the home opener, simply because yeah. of the, the structure of that first week. I mean, you can take several competitions yeah. into the into that first week. You can take Mark, Mark Re- uh, Matt Reynolds north. You you can take uh, you know Campbell north. You can potentially take Ploveci and Darno north, knowing that you're going to DH one of them. I mean, th- there are certain things you can right? do that you wouldn't necessarily do once you get back to city.
2: Yeah. it's And mind you, they have every Thursday off in April as well. And then they have like two off days before like Memorial day or something. It's something, you know, it's, or, or the all-star break or something. They, they're, they're blowing through all their off days, you know, just in April. And, you know, that's not really good, you know, for their physical condition either. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a product of trying to be creative and right. It's 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 a product of trying to be creative with this opening week, as well as um, you know. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. It's, it's and as well as trying to squeeze 162 games in 180 days. But for them, it's really you know they're going to squeeze 160 games and in, uh, into 175 days or whatever, 174 days even. So it, it's it's going to be. It could certainly impact the results, I'll tell you that. I mean, I, I hope it doesn't negatively anyway, but, um, you know, the Mets are going to have to be real careful about how they, you know, handle the fatigue, handle the rest, handle these injuries, because, you know, over the their big stretch of games, they have fewer off days, and that can play a huge role.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly been the big concern. I mean, it's like, you know, you know MLB and the almighty ratings and putting the World Series competitors back on the screens, I, I guess is tantamount to either team getting a fair start to their season. Uh, I mean, this seems like the the worst thing for the Mets since they had to open the 2000 season in Japan.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's definitely not good. It's, it's an uphill battle immediately. And, you know, they, they have their hands full. Um, you know, fortunately they're a good team and they got a lot of talent, but um, you know, if someone gets hurt and they can't recover because of the lack of off days, you know how do you how do you cope with it and uh it's, it's certainly going to be uh, that's Terry's up Terry, Terry's got his hands full that's all I can say Terry and Sandy will have to do some clever uh, maneuvering um over the course of the season to manage this it's it's a problem
1: yeah i and i think uh you know it's 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 going to be interesting to see how he gets everything aligned because it's almost yeah you really almost have to treat these like two independent strange Strangely, little higgledy-piggledy games in the middle of the end of spring training, but oh yeah, they yeah. count. Um, so <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things. I, I'm, you know, as a Met fan, even if we win both games in Kansas City, even if we win them ten nothing and make them look absolutely, you know, like the bad news bears out there, which of course is not going to happen. But you know, no. if, if that's no matter what, I'm still going to walk away going, that just sucked. That really up. yeah yeah it's gonna, so, it's, I mean, gonna it's feel weird of, it's, it's it, it, it yeah
2: no I was gonna say like you know you have to wonder how you know that what their mental how they're gonna be ready mentally for because like you said it's it sucks it's weird it's you know it's it's unconventional I mean, it's a game that's meant to be played every day you know g- granted they should have some more off days but you know for the most part it's meant to be played every day and you're you're start you're starting and stopping and starting and stopping and then they're literally going to be sitting idle for for Tuesday night until Friday night. Um I mean, I know they'll probably come home and have some practice or whatever, or go back to Port Saint Lucie or whatever they're going to do, but um you no, know, it's I don't know. It's going it's going to be interesting, I guess. You know? <laughs>
0: Well, one of the things—I uh, guess that's all—that's
2: really—that's all we can say. It's going to be just be interesting to see how they play, how sharp they are, and it goes for the Royals too. You know how sharp they are, and how they respond when, you know, they play the Phillies on that Friday. I mean, it's
0: going to be—it's weird.
1: Well, and and you also—I mean—you've got a little bit of weird traveling too. Of course, before you head to Kansas yeah. City, you've got two games against the Cubs of all things. Your NLCS opponents in las vegas which um yeah you know, the, let's be that, honest uh, you don't really want your you don't want that final tune-up going to any of your starters necessarily there no absolutely not um that's part of their what the
2: the las vegas 51s have this promotion called big league weekend where they host two teams um and Mets did it what two or three years ago with the cubs at cashman field i can't remember
1: the year that they did um, it, but yeah, they host this thing yeah, every year. The, first year. the first year, I think it was the first year they were affiliated. Uh, they did it with them. Yeah. The Cubs,
2: something like that. And, you know, I, I know they do this every year. Usually it's in the middle of camp, not at the end, but, um, you know, what can I tell you? The Mets are never not a story.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing I, I, I'm very well on record having been there. I am. I'm so not a fan of Cashman Field in any way, shape, or form in Las Vegas. So I've actually I mean, never been there, but
2: I, I, you're, I've i never been there myself, but you're not the only one to tell me that it's uh, not the greatest place in the world.
1: It's one of those things I have spent time in, in some of the worst parts of New York during the worst eras to spend them during, uh, especially the 80s. And no neighborhood yeah. scares me worse than the neighborhood around Cashman Field.
2: Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons I, I, why I've never there been there because the it was a I little scary, it was life. sketchy. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, well, it's really sketchy. I, I hope no and one the, the stadium is listening tonight. <laughs> yeah, it looks a little weird. I mean, I know they've had some exhibitions there over the years, like some home run derby competitions, and but I mean, yeah, one of the reasons why, like you said, why I've never been there is because it's in a tough neighborhood. So I said, know, yeah, maybe I'm just gonna stay away and go back to the hotel. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't play. I mean, it, the stadium itself is fine. The parking lot's fine. It's everything around it that y- you just kind of go. Uh, hmm, I can't wait for the relative safety of the pawn shops. <laughs> but
2: I mean, so it, let's, g- let's... getting back to what you said. It's what yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's it's a it's a real awkward and weird schedule. Where they break camp Thursday, fly to Las Vegas, play two games, and then a day off, and then. A game, and then two days off, and then a game, and three days off. It's ridiculous. Just terrible.
1: So one of the things that, you know, we talked about a little bit, uh, you know, the big thing that concerns me, obviously, in the spring training is, is you know, the fact that, there, you know, the, really the only injury so far has really been Cabrera with an injury that seems to – that the Mets are, were certainly confident enough in the recovery of by opening day to uh, cut Ruben Tejada. But have you seen any storylines yourself that you go, that is a little bit of a red flag or that's something I'm going to want to keep an eye on. Is there anything that uh, is, you know, been concerning to you that's developed in spring training on the field? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just, if this is just, if it's, this has just become natural at this
2: point, but I just worry all the time when these pitchers take them out that something's going to happen. But I don't know. Maybe it's just like the cynicism and skepticism that I have about just pitchers in general, not the Mets. But I mean, so far so good health wise with the pitchers. But you know, David Wright is always going to be you know you just wait you just you're just waiting for that shoe to drop at some point. And you know, I I, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He he promises he's okay. He feels really great. You know, all things considered, Um, you know, he has his good days and his bad days. And I think all we can do is just hope that he has more good days than bad days. But, you know, you can see it in his eyes. You can hear it in his voice that, you know, he's very uncertain about all of this. Um, He has a plan. He's going to follow the plan, but, you know, you just hope those bad days don't land him on the, on the disabled list. And, you know, even long-term, you hope that, you know, he can still have a long career, but, you know, I I worry about him. Um, I think he deserves better than what, than the hand he's been dealt with this back, Um, um, and I just, I don't know how much he's going to be able to stay on the field. I mean, I don't think he does either, Um, but that's really the only concern I have from a health perspective, aside from, you know, just, you know, hoping the pitchers stay healthy, but I think that goes for every team. You know, the Mets are banking more than anything on the starting pitching, and if that Goes bad, you know. So goes the season. So, um, but certainly David Wright to me is the biggest health the biggest health question by far. It's not even
1: close. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the thing for me. I mean, obviously, you see, you know, most of these pitchers look fine. I know a p- few people were a little panicky over three or four miles an hour or five miles an hour off of the Grom's fastball in an appearance this week. But uh, certainly the location and the movement seem there, and he does not look like a guy who's injured to me. Just by Eyeballing it, but uh, you know, I you know, I, I get. I mean, I think a lot of people are on the same boat as you and I. It's it, you know, it, not just with the pitchers. It's like you know, those of us especially that survived Generation K, I think, are extra extra paranoid when it comes to our pitchers.
2: Right, and you know, it, it it's not gonna it's not gonna be the perfect ride. I think we all know that something someone's gonna underperform, someone's gonna get hurt. It's just, it's just what happens, and you just hope it happens at. You know, you know, at a time where you know they can absorb absorb such a problem. You know, unfortunately, they have Wheeler coming back, who's going to you know help mitigate any problems we might have in the rotation. Um, you know, and Bart is certainly capable. Um, he had a really good outing yesterday. The day before, has finally showed signs that he's uh, tuning tuning things up for the season. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, there's there's just that everlasting. You know, skepticism that something's bound to happen because it's the Mets, and that's what happens. But you know, this is, this is a team coming off a World Series berth. You know, they're three wins away from a championship. I think we owe them a little more than that right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So look at let's look at a little bit. We got the roster battles going on. I think uh, you got the final spot on the bench with uh, obviously with Ruben Tejada. Uh, no longer a part of the picture. I was when we were talking to Rich Catino last week I kind of dropped the the suggestion that, you know, no matter who the Mets bring north as far as the the final the final piece of the bench, whether it's Reynolds Campbell or an alternating variance of the two at different stages here. I, I feel like Sandy is setting himself up for picking up one of those, you know, mid season dime a dozen, Jose Uribe, Kelly Johnson type deals to solidify the bench because I feel like we're We're missing a bat there. Uh, What is your take on how the bench is shaping up? And then we'll take a look at the bullpen.
2: Well, I think the bench is certainly weaker now than without Tejada. Um, But I don't think anyone, if anyone is surprised by Tejada getting cut, I don't know what to say. I mean, I talked about it three three months ago when uh, when they signed Cabrera. I said, well, this obviously means there's probably very little hope of Tejada making the team out of camp. And sure enough, yeah, you know, and I, I, it, it sure sounded like in talking to people that that was, you know, they they had no intention whatsoever to see him through camp. Um, but I agree. I think that they're missing, you know, I want to say that. I mean, they have the you know, to help fortify the bench, but they have a lot of youth and inexperience. And I know a lot of that. A lot of those guys were just in the World Series, and you know, a lot of people forget Wilmer Flores was the starting shortstop in the World Series, but. Yeah, you know, I think they're missing some veteran components. Um, some, you know I don't want to say versatility necessarily, but um I I think they're missing, you know, a veteran link. I don't think it's a deal breaker, you know, for their championship hopes by any means. But I think they could use another another bat or two on the bench to really solidify, really give the Mets you know, that those quality, unquestionable options off the bench. You know, in fairness, you know, floor is is a question. He may hit left handed pitching and You know, unlike his last six weeks of the season, I'm pretty confident he's going to drive in another run um, in his career. But, you know, you have that streakiness. You have that, um, uncertainty. how is he going to handle um, playing inconsistently, things like that. It it helps to have the Kelly Johnsons and the Juan Uribes of the world who know how to handle part-time inconsistent at-bats and things like that. So, um, I think I I can definitely see him um, trying to fortify, you know, that area of the team. But I could also, I think the bullpen, I, I don't. I don't think the bullpen today is going to be the bullpen at the end of the year. But I think we say that every year at this point. Um, you know, Familia is certainly rock solid despite his um, inconsistent spring, to say the least. Um, but you know, those roles are up in the air. Like, what is Han- what is Hansel Robles going to be? Um, you know, Jim Henderson, even though it looks like he has a good chance to make the team. Um, you know, how's he going to how's he going to fare when the bell rings? You know, we we've seen it a million times where players have awesome camps and, you know, they, they put on the regular jersey and they, you know, can't pitch or can't oh, play to save their lives. So, you know, um, you know, so I think the bullpens and maybe to a lesser extent, the bench are going to be areas that are tweaked but not totally turned over like we saw last year.
1: Yeah, it's, it does seem like a more tweak situation. Uh, and I, t- I agree with you on the bullpen. I think that the, the other thing, too, is as far as some of these guys go, these are the kind of guys you could find similarly cut from their teams at the end of spring. And you might be able to bring one in on a minor league contract, even as, as soon as the end of spring and plop them in, in Las Vegas to see how they do.
2: Yeah. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the Mets are going are in that position. I mean, last year, I think there were more, they, they were more in line to, you know, add even at the major league level, which they did. That's when they added Alex Torres and Jerry Blevins. Um, I I mean they I don't want to say they're deep at AAA because that depth can really go away really quick but um I I I think they're I, I just it seems like everything is all the roles for now anyway are set. So um I mean sure, I guess they could pick up, you know, maybe an arm or two and send them down there, but you have to remember um Jim Henderson can go down to the minors. Logan Verick can go down to the minors. Um so if that depth if, if those guys don't if they those guys don't make the team they they in in essence become the acquisition that you speak about, which you know isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. But um, I don't know. I just it just doesn't sound like that that's what they're going to do. But you know things change fast in baseball, so we'll see.
1: So uh, over the next week, obviously we got the breaking camp thing coming up here um, towards the end of the week with the heading to to, to Vegas. But as they get ready to break camp. Who who are the the names that fans should be most keeping an eye on as far as who are on the absolute bubble in your opinion? Well, I think Matt Reynolds
2: right now. I mean, I, he's I don't, I don't. It's hard to say he's on the bubble with Matt Reynolds out because he's really the only natural. I don't know if he's a natural shortstop, but he's the only. He he would he would qualify as the true backup if Wilmer Flores is going to if Wilmer Flores is going to back up David Wright and play a little first base and platoon with Neil Walker. So I think Matt Reynolds, while he's on the bubble, he probably has a pretty good shot of making the team as does Eric Campbell. And the one thing that I think we've all noticed, you know, pretty much all winter is that, you know, they're seeking versatility for every single roster spot. And, you know, which is part of the reason why Tejada isn't here anymore, because, He's a below average defensive player, so he's not a defensive replacement. He can really only play one position. Um, he's not a very good hitter. And so, you know, he doesn't do a lot of things that the Mets are seeking for this roster right now. And whereas, you know, Eric Campbell, whereas the numbers aren't that good with Eric Campbell, you know, he can play a lot of different positions. And he makes, he, he makes contact. He's a line drive hitter. And they feel, anyway, that some of those line drives have to eventually fall, which were getting caught last year. The same can be said to an extent. With although so he's a little bit, but he can play second. He can play short. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, he's shown flashes where he's had an inconsistent spring offensively, but he had a really good day today, but, you know, he's on the 40 and, you know, so, you know, that gives him a good opportunity by default. Um, so I would be surprised if he didn't make the team only because I don't know if he didn't make the team only because I don't know who else would in, in this case. So, um, they're bubble guys, but they're probably good bets right now.
1: Alejandro Deaza, obviously signed before Cespedes. A lot of talk throughout spring training. If he'll break club with the camp or wind up traded somewhere, what's your gut tell you?
2: Well, I I, I think he's going to stick. Um, you know, I think it, if it was going to be – sorry for the dog – if there was going to be a guy to move, it was going to be either Tejada or Deaza, which sounds – pretty much the same if you say it really quickly. Anyway, um, you know, but I think, you know, at least they Oz. I mean, he's not a center fielder, but he can play a lot of positions out there. You know, he can play left. He can play, I guess they signed him to be a center fielder. So they expect he can play center field. Um, I think he's going to stay. I think they could use, I mean, he's he's an expensive bench piece, but nonetheless, he could, he could be a very, very good, um, bat off the bench. He's not a great defensive player, but he's a body and provides quality, depth, and he has speed. And that's something the team lacks. And I just, if they're going to trade him, they're probably going to want to get something for him. And um, it doesn't seem like that, you know, such an opportunity is available, at least at this point in camp. Um, That doesn't mean he's going to be here all year. I could certainly see him moving him at the the trade deadline. But um, at least for the time being, I think he stays. I don't think they're moving him.
1: I will say that one of the confusing things this spring, especially when you've had non-men announcers uh, watching or listening to games with Piazza playing out in the field and thinking to yourself, did he just say Piazza? That can't be right. It, 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 if they say it fast enough, it really does confuse you.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you say it, it's like I said, you know, De'Azza sounds a lot like
1: Tejada. You know, I said it
2: really fast, oh, and yeah. I said, wait a second, did I get the names right? You know, but... Um, You know, he's had, had all jokes aside anyway, he's had a good spring. Um, It's probably not, a 400 batting average is not ever sustainable, especially in a part-time role. But, you know, I think more than anything, he showed his value. He's making, you know, a lot of contacts, spraying the ball around. And, you know, he's shown off that speed, turning doubles into triples on a couple of occasions over the course of camp. So I think that that's, to me, that's enough to not trade him. Um, the 6000000 bucks million shouldn't be a big deal at this point. I mean, I think we we're all perplexed as to why they would sign him to be in a, in a primary role on the team. But I think he's, he's a perfect fit for the role that he's in right now. And, that, and there's no reason. There's nobody else who's probably capable capable of owning that role if they, if they do decide to get rid of him. So I, it just doesn't seem like that would be the smart thing to do right now.
1: No i mean for me in my opinion i mean i think he's got he's the right guy to be that fourth fifth outfielder type
0: yeah.
1: um, for this team, and you know the reality for it is yeah is he overpriced for that role he probably is let's i let's yes. let's not kid ourselves, but at the end of the day um you know it, it's uh it it's what we have it's who we have, and you're not going to get better for or similar ta- level talent for cheaper.
2: Right. he's you know he's an upgrade over Kirk and ice um which you know that's that's a big, that's a big piece that's a, that's a big deal on the bench um you know the bench is can be very important especially if you got to give guys days off if you got to um you know someone gets injured and needs a, a couple of days you know is more than capable of stepping in in that role and the Mets not missing a beat and then you can stick him at the top of the order give you that speed and on p- potential on base percentage any way that you need and maybe you know, bump Granderson down in those cases and put him in a more valuable role in the lineup. You know, so you know he gives them a lot of flexibility. You know, in that utility outfielder role, something that they would not have if they decided to trade him. And you know, they I don't know that they can get equal value in another role to fill on the trade market at this point either. I mean, you know, I mean, guys are going to start to become available this week, but. You know, are you going to be able to? Are they going to be able to fill that key bullpen role that they might be looking for? Or, you know, are they going to find that true backup catcher that they are pretending they're not looking for? You know, the answer is I don't know. You know, certainly not. You know, if you want to, you know, someone to take on all that salary, so you might as well keep them at this point.
1: You mentioned backup catcher, and that that brings up the 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 last main topic I want to talk about with you today is. The the Darno mystery third catcher Johnny Monell, kind of amorphous blob the Mets have running behind the plate this spring. <laughs> How do you see this thing playing out at this point? Because uh, it certainly seems. I mean, if if, you know, if is heading to Triple A to start the season, he's certainly not punching his own ticket.
2: No, I mean he's he's not going to go down without a fight. But you know, here's the bottom line. If you remember back in November. Um, Terry Collins and Sandy Alderson, you know, spoke about having Darno and Plocky play other positions in spring training. Now I'm going to ask this question, have they played any other positions? So, you know, that should tell you what they're going to do. That means that tells me Plocky has got to go down because he has no, there's no, there's no proven value at putting him in another position at the major league level. That means they want him to catch. They want him to catch full time. And um, and he's not going to do that if they say Darno is their guy, which I'm sure it looks like he's their guy. So um, you know, I, sir, I think he's going to be a minor leaguer a week from now. I don't think he's going to break camp with the team. Well, he might. I guess he might go to Las Vegas. It would be rather convenient for him, but um, I don't think he's going to Kansas City with them.
1: So I would presume in those uh, minor league games. That's the other thing about, of course, breaking camp in the way that they do, with these uh, semi-exhibition games. That uh, these are going to be three-inning specials as far as seeing the regulars.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I I would expect you're probably going to want to see the regulars play back to back, which they don't do very often in spring training, especially David Wright. But, you know, like you said, you know, maybe Wright will play six or seven innings on what the first game in Vegas, but then they'll start pulling guys out after the second and bat on Saturday or whatever it is. Right. I don't even know what the schedule is for Vegas. But the second game, you'll, they'll make their exits midway through and, you know they put some of the, the that's what they did in Texas last year where they played half a game and then they put in you know all the guys that everybody was clamoring to make the team and shouldn't have ever.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So the the last question I have for you, of course, at this point most uh, most of the quote unquote authorities have put out their predictions for the season. Not a lot of people picking the Mets to go much further than. Uh, You know, the basics, uh, you know, basically the NLCS, I'm not even picking them as to win the division or wild card this year. Um, I kind of like it because I like operating from, I always like operating from uh, the um, perspective of let's surprise them. But I just wanted to get your take on that and also uh, pin you down to a little bit of a number here. Where do you you think, uh, just wins and losses, where do you think they wind up?
2: Um, I, you know, I think it's a 92 to 96 win team. I mean, they're rock solid top to bottom. I mean, really the only question is middle relief. Um, everything else is, you know, they got have a dynamic, flexible, versatile, powerful roster. They can win in a lot of different ways. I mean, sure. They don't have a lot of speed, but I think, you know, they've, they're going to be deeper for longer in 2016, just from an offensive perspective, from a defensive perspective. Yeah. I think, you know, they made um, some modest improvements with Neil Walker, just because he's more likely to make the, you know, the routine plays and be a little less perplexing at second base than Daniel Murphy. Um, and obviously the starting pitching, you know, if everybody stays healthy, you know, call me when, you know, someone can compete with that, you know, it's just, that's just how good they are and they show they, and I, you know, it's that's not just, you know, forecasting how good they are. They've proven how good they are. They've, Gotten to the World Series with lights out pitching already. So, another year under their belt, you know, especially with Harvey's, who's going to be another year removed from the Tommy John, um, you know, he's in line for a huge year if he stays healthy. So, now I don't necessarily understand uh, why some people aren't picking the Mets to win the division, let alone go deep into October. Um, I don't know that there's a team better than them. You know, you can make an argument that the Cubs are a little bit better, but, you know, I always get back to the, um, the statistics of the Chicago Cubs and their in their inability to hit ninety five plus and that's all the Mets ever throw it, at them, and they show that they can't hit them already in the postseason when the games really count now I know people grow and you know some statistics are a little fluky, but they I think that to me the Cubs have to prove that they can contend compete with the Mets pitching you know before we can declare them a better club. you know they both had very good off seasons. But the Mets have already proven to be a better team. So I still think the Mets are better um just in 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 mostly in every in every capacity. And maybe except you know the bullpen is a little bit better. But um I think for the most part, you know, it's I don't I don't see why the Mets shouldn't be back in the World Series.
1: I think uh I I defer to my, my co host and in, in absentia, who um on the Cubs consistently says, and I, I again completely agree with him. Uh, yes, the Cubs have gotten better, but have they gotten four games better than the Mets? Right, and yeah. that's and the that's, big question. And that's exact, I don't. That's exactly I don't the believe point. they have, and he doesn't either.
2: Yeah, and right I you know. I think. I, I think. I think. Like you said, both both are very good. Both had excellent off seasons, but right now the Mets were better coming into the winter, and they're 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 an improved team. And I just don't think the Cubs have caught them yet. I just don't. It's going to be fun to watch uh, them play each other, especially oh, yeah. in the next week. You know, but I think at the end of the day, the Mets, at least on paper, you know, the games aren't played on paper, but the, I think the roster is just better, still just a little bit better, and you know, we'll see how it plays out on the field.
1: And for the record, for the next uh, the week, we got the Braves tomorrow, the twenty sixth, the uh, twenty seventh. Sunday is the Nationals, Cardinals on Monday, Marlins on Tuesday, Nationals on Wednesday. They break camp. Thursday and Friday Vegas against the Cubs, Saturday is an off day and Sunday in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh. Uh, by the way, finally. Note, um the uh, the game's account. Did you see the uh, maneuver that I think it was the Missouri House of Representatives was trying to pull the other day? I did not what happened. There was a representative in the Missouri House trying to declare uh trying to pass a resolution declaring the Saint Louis Cardinals the official baseball team of the state of Missouri. <laughs> oh God, these I just, people I these just, TV I people just, are voted for. <laughs> it it is one of those things. You're if you're if you're listening in Missouri, congratulations, your tax dollars at work. Uh but uh, yes, I, I just had to shake my head and go, you know, I, I would say a lot, but you you're talking about the World Series champions, guys. You can't you can't disown them. <laughs> There's no reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, seriously, I mean, I, I don't want to poo-poo on the Cardinals because they do a lot of
2: things right, and I think a lot of people are um, um, undervaluing them this year, if you will. Um, they're always good, and they always find a way. Um, but like you said, you know, right now the Royals are the team to beat. Um, they may have taken a little a few steps back in the off season, but um, they're still a very good team. Um, they've they have a, still have a very hungry fan base. And, you know, quite honestly, you know, everybody's getting on them for, uh, you know, gloating at the Mets' expense, you know, starting next week. I, you know what? I don't blame them. You know, I hope the Mets do the same thing to another team when they win the World Series. But, you know, that's just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous, with respect to the Cardinals, of course. You know, it's just, come on. That's We, we shouldn't be voting for these people when it, if it comes to that.
1: Yeah, it just kind of cracked me up. I just wanted to say you just shake your head and go, all right, whatever, and you just kind of move yep. on. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I I I have enough respect for the fact that they won the World Series to just go, you know, if that was actually something that should be taken seriously, I would be firmly like, guys, no, that that ain't cool. That ain't cool. Right. Uh, apart right. From and, they, and apart I when mean, they their dismantling of us last, you know, last World Series. I, I kind of respect the, the Royals as a general rule. And certainly, I
2: don't think there's anyone, any Mets fan, who wouldn't have rooted for the Royals if, if it weren't the Mets against them. You know, that was a great story. It's been a great story after, you know, 30 pretty terrible years, you know, getting to this point and building the system that they have with the kind of team that they have, which is built strictly around their bullpen. You know, everything's built around their bullpen and their team defense. And it just works. And I can't exactly figure that out. But it works. It's built almost from the inside out, and um, you know there's no reason to expect them to not you know be back in the World Series either. You know, despite you know some of the challenges that they have. You know, they're probably able to go out and get the pitching they need. You know, if a guy gets injured in the pen, they'll just go out and get another rock solid bullpen guy, trade one of their huge prospects, and they'll be back. They'll be back. You know, that's an excellent team, and I have all the respect in the world for him. You know, I can't wait to see Noah Syndergaard against them, but. No, I do have a lot of respect for the Royals, and they deserve you know every every bit of enjoyment that they've had in the last four months
1: and Noah certainly seems like he spent the winter getting ready for them, doesn't he <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean he's he, if we all remember his comments to the World series if you want if you want to talk to me, i'm sixty feet six feet away, you know so uh 60, what is, oh God, I'm tired, um but anyway, you know what I mean, whatever the quote was. Um, and you know, it's a little bit of an entertaining twist to the whole, to the two games, which are going to be uncomfortable at best, you know, so it'll be fun.
1: Yep. And, and like I said, we don't even get our own announcers for opening day. So that's, uh, you know, that's. no, fun. no,
2: that's disappointing.
1: Yeah. Well, Michael, I always appreciate the t- uh, chance to, um, catch up with you, spend some time, talk some Mets baseball, and just kind of kind of shoot the breeze as it were Mets style. Uh, for for those who don't know, for, if they haven't been listening and haven't heard me told them umpteen thousand times, check, uh, tell people where they can check you out.
2: Um, right now, I just have one uh, – I have two places. Um, my Twitter account, which is Michael G. Barron, and some people misspell that, so I'm going to spell it M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-B-A-R-O-N. And the same thing for Facebook. I have a Facebook page, which has grown exponentially in the last year, which I'm hugely appreciative of. Um, that's the same um, the same tag. It's httpfacebook.com slash Michael G. Barron. And you can find me in both places. And hopefully soon you'll be able to find me writing somewhere. I haven't quite figured that part
1: out yet. But, um, you know, the night is as young. As they well, I, I, I certainly there, – there's always two things I look forward to when the baseball season rolls around. I mean, obviously talking to you is, is separate. But, uh, you know, see, reading your writing and seeing some of your pictures. So I look forward to the opportunity – to get access to those again, and certainly we're all in your quarter rooting for that to happen soon. Uh, because right now the pictures are
2: probably going to right now the pictures are probably going come from the upper deck because that's all I can afford. <laughs> but um,
0: <laughs> oh, you know, that, that'll be my, that my pictures soon. then.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to
1: be back to my uh,
2: you know nosebleed section on you know those cold April days. <laughs>
1: Well, Michael, we'll definitely check in soon. Appreciate it as always. And, uh, again, Michael G. Barron on Twitter, and we will talk soon, my friend. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Talk soon. Absolutely. Michael Barron joining us, and I want to let you know, next uh, Sunday we're back in our regular spot for April 3rd. It is opening day. Of course, we'll talk about the uh, opening day game. We'll uh, talk a bit about that, and then we'll also spend a good portion of the program heading back in history. Author Eric Sherman will be joining us. He's got a great new book, King of Queens, Life Beyond Baseball at the 86 Mets. It's just out, just a couple weeks ago. Pick it up. Go ahead to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or your bookstore of choice throughout the tri-state metro area, or wherever you shop for quality books. Uh, King uh, Kings of Queens: Life Beyond Baseball with the '86 Mets. Uh, he'll be our guest about halfway through the show next week, and we'll be talking to him about uh, th- this book, which is it's a little bit of a spin on the "Where Are They Now?" Uh, very much a following the most Interesting stories of a lot of the 86 players um, after their glory days, after the days of 1986. Um, So certainly we're looking forward to hearing from uh, Eric about uh, some of the guys he got to spend time with, uh, talk to. Uh, I know he spent a good amount of time with Gary Carter's family. I know he spent time with the Hearns. Of course, Ed Hearn has been a guest on this show Um, and, um, you know, spent a lot of time researching and talking to the 86 Mets and getting their personal stories. And it's in this book, Kings of Queens. I've just started reading it. It's fascinating so far, really enjoying it. I highly recommend it. It's a great year for Mets books right now. And I've EJ and I have talked about that a couple of times. Great year for Mets books. You've got both the, a cadre of, 1986 Mets books coming out. Our friend Matt Silverman's got an 86 book coming out called One Year Dynasty. We'll definitely have him on the show to talk about that. You're going to want to check that book out. Ron Darling has a book coming out. He's talking about Game 7 of the 86 World Series, which of course he started and... uh, well. History will lo- take a look at the box score. He didn't do so well. Um, so it certainly would be an interesting read to see how he kind of dissects uh, what is arguably is one of the worst performances of his baseball career. Uh, so we'll, we'll hear from him on that. And then, of course, you've got a great number of books about the 2015 season, uh, most notably Amazing Again by our good friend Greg Prince. He'll be joining us during the month of April here. I'm sure, to uh, talk about that book and many other things. We certainly enjoy our time with Great Prince, so we're looking forward to that as well. But uh, as we head into the final week of spring training, whether you're listening to this on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, anytime time over the holiday weekend, uh, if you celebrate, certainly wish you a, the happiest of Easters uh, and a uh, safe Easter and all those good things. And uh, until next week, uh, when the games will be about to count, We can say with authority, we hate Sunday night baseball, let's go Mets.